Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our service at Elithru New Life Church. We're glad you could join us online and we can be together again. We have a chat section there so you can say hello or just uh, show us that you're there. We'd love to hear from you. And we would love to hear from you too if you want to connect with us through newlifecollingwood.com. Um, you can connect with us there or you could phone into the office. It is a busy place at New Life these days. We've got kids camp running. We've got spy camp running, which has been very, very fun. And uh, we have uh, things running for youth too. They're doing campfires. And we will be, we're working towards our reopening time where we can all be together again. There is a survey in the link below that we'd love you to fill out to say, how do you feel? You know, how are you feeling about returning and how do you feel about new life reopening? We would just love your feedback there too. Tonight at 5 p.m. outside at New Life 28 Tracy Lane, we are going to be having a baptism service. So um, we'd love you to come if you can. Bring your lawn chair, bring snacks for five o'clock and we'll just enjoy this time together where we can celebrate baptism. Paul's gonna bring our message today and um, we're glad you could be with us, so enjoy. Good morning, friends. Thanks, Chris, for that uh, introduction and welcome. We are glad that you are joining us this morning. Uh, I wanted to just uh, reiterate some of what Chris said. Tonight we have a baptism. We would love for you to be here. It is going to be rain or shine. You know, we don't have an indoor option. We're not ready to meet indoors yet. So if it is raining out and it's really heavy and you don't want to get wet, uh, that'll be your choice uh, to come or not, but we are going to go ahead with it. And uh, if you're coming, bring a lawn chair and, uh, and an umbrella and raincoats and uh, whatever else you might need. Now, from week to week, I try to create notes for myself. And last week, I completely forgot to tell you about that baptism, even though it was in my notes right in front of my face. So I'm going to look to here and just to say, hey, here's um, a quick um, heads up, you're going to need your phones um, for near the end of the service. We are going to do uh, a few more live polls and want to get you ready for that. So you'll be dialing the number 37607 and you can get ready for that. And we'll run through a couple polls at the end just to kind of respond to what we talk about this morning. And uh, our uh, return to in-person services uh, is coming quickly. Our goal is September the 13th, and we will just continue to watch to see how things are happening in the province uh, and in our region. And we will be hopefully doing a couple of soft launch services uh, in the weeks to come. So just be watching for that. Um, this morning, uh, each week we've been having different people read scripture for you, and this morning we are going to look at a, another biblical character that um, we are going to draw some learning out of around this idea of shifting well, when what was or should have been isn't shift. And this morning, uh, Lisa Beck is going to read for us. So let's hear what, uh, uh, what Lisa will be reading for us this morning. Good morning, my name is Lisa Beck and I'm one of the volunteers here at New Life with the Worship Ministry. Um, today I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 41, which is the story of Joseph. Um, but before I read the passage, I just want to provide a little bit of insight into the story of Joseph. Um, so Joseph was a very successful young man who was sold into slavery um, due to the jealousy his brothers had. He was sold to a government official who eventually put Joseph in charge of his entire estate. 
Joseph was very successful in running that estate um, until one day he was falsely accused of raping the government official's wife. He was then placed into prison, uh, of which he was there for many years, and eventually was put in charge of that prison. There he waited until the Pharaoh had called upon Joseph to interpret some dreams that the Pharaoh had been having. Joseph had been given the gift of interpreting dreams. After completing that, uh, the Pharaoh then put Joseph in charge of the land to prepare for the famine that was about to come. And that's the passage that I'm gonna read for you today. So I'll be reading from Genesis 41, verses 53 to 57. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all Egypt began to, began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe everywhere. Thanks for reading that for us, Lisa. And it's a great story. I encourage you uh, this week to read through the story of Joseph. It starts in Genesis 37 and goes right through to the end of the book. We're going to look at that in just a moment and uh, do some learning from him. At this point, I'm going to ask that you would pray with me. And we want to pray for, um, for a number of things this week in intercession. One of them is just different churches uh, reopening, um, trying to make decisions about when to reopen, or they have already regathering. And uh, just for them to do that well for all of our churches, for ourselves as we move towards this in September. We want to remember our brothers and sisters in the Dominican Republic uh, with Megan and Travis Ratnam, and also our brothers and sisters in Cuba, and uh, the BIC Church in Cuba. And, um, and we want to pray for our schools and those people that are working hard to try to figure out how to do this as well as they possibly can uh, in September. So would you join with me now in prayer? And uh, just take this opportunity to catch your breath and just allow the Spirit of God to, to come and, and minister to you as you sit and wait on Him. So let's take a moment and whether you close your eyes or not, uh, doesn't really matter, but just allow yourself to, to just turn your mind towards the Father, the Spirit towards the Son, recognizing that he is fully present for us at all times. Realizing, Father, that you want us to experience life uh, in its fullness, that you want to shower uh, gifts upon us, that you are full of love towards us, that you are grieved at the things that happen in this world that are caused by us or in spite of us, 
for the things that keep us separated from you, the things that keep us separated from one another, which we understand as sin. And even though that might be our reality, you continue to, to call us to yourself. You come to us. You leave the 99 to find the one. You are always um, desiring for us to know you and to be known by you. So Father, this morning with our, with our hands open as a symbol of letting go of those things that we're holding on to that are keeping us from knowing you more and more intimately, we let go and we invite you, Holy Spirit, to, to minister within us, to cleanse us, to renew us, to, to give us the life that we need all because of what you have done for us, Jesus. And we recognize that today and we say thank you. And we take the opportunity in this moment to pray for, uh, pray for you to move your kingdom, your empire in this world, your government in this world, your economy in this world, so that these things would happen the way they're meant to as they do in heaven. And we take the opportunity to pray for uh, our sister congregations around this region that are trying to decide about how to reopen and when to reopen and what that's going to look like. Give them wisdom. Give us wisdom. Give us what we need to be able to do that well and to do that safely. Father, we pray for those people that are in charge of our children with education uh, throughout the week and the monumental challenge that they are facing of how to do this uh, safely for our children. And as your people who follow you, who profess faith in you, may we be people who, who come alongside and offer to help, to cheer, to, um, to make a difference. Guard our hearts, our minds, and our tongues from being critical and judgmental. And instead to seek to... Um, to make a difference, to serve, to lift others up. Lord, in this country, we have much. And in many countries around the world, um, they are struggling in ways that we can't imagine. And so we pray for our brothers and sisters in the Dominican, uh, who Megan and, and Travis Ratnam are serving as they run their food programs, as they uh, try to keep people safe from this pandemic. We think of the, the Cuban church, the Be In Christ church there throughout that country and the difficulties they face. And uh, Father, we, we lift them up and we pray for you to provide. We pray that you would move us, if that's what's needed, to come alongside them and to help them. And Father, as we are gathered here together in our homes, as we are all um, listening, as we are thinking, as we are planning, preparing, um, we invite you to, to continue to shape uh, the New Life family uh, as you would like to. And may we be a people who are responsive to your Spirit's leading. Um, we want to be responsive rather than reactive. And uh, we want... Uh, the attitude of our hearts and minds to be driven by Christ-likeness, by love for you and, and love for others the way you have loved us, Jesus. And so to that end, we labor and we struggle with all the energy that you have given us.
And we pray these things together as your people, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay. We are in this series called Shift. When what was or should have been isn't shift. And each week we are looking at a different biblical character or sometimes biblical characters and we're just extrapolating out of uh, their scenario uh, how we might learn something from them. And as we get to the end of this teaching time, I'm going to invite you to participate in some of these polls so you'll be able to, to get ready for that. And I want to start by going to the climax of a story, you know, the, the pinnacle that leads to the good ending. And I want to read for you this morning. It's the story of Joseph that Lisa already read for us. Chapter 41, beginning at verse 56. So most of his life has, has already happened, and here's the climax. So with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. And people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe throughout the world. And we kind of just jump in at this point because sometimes it helps and you, you might have seen movies where they start at the climax point of the story and then you go back and you start at the beginning. And this is where God had been leading Joseph for years up to this point where an entire region of people are, are helped and saved because of Joseph's ability to shift when he didn't, even when he didn't have a choice and God's willingness to work with people. And, and I love that God always chooses to work with us uh, rather than just, you know, pushing us aside and saying, um, I'm just going to do this myself. His goal is always to work with us. And that's what's happening in the story of Joseph. And what happens before this point where Joseph is in basically in charge of all of Egypt, um, what happens before this is a series of events in his life that forced him to shift. And if you go back, he's a young boy. He has many brothers. He's favored by his dad over the rest of the brothers. Not a great combination for having good family relations when one kid is favored so much more than the others, but that was the reality. And you can read about this from Genesis 37 on. And he didn't always get it right with his brothers. And you'll read about that as you read through his story to the point that his brothers are ready to kill him. And so one day Joseph's father sends him out to check on his brothers, almost like a spying mission. Again, not a good way to establish family relationships. But his brothers see Joseph coming from a distance and they decide, let's kill him. And then they get a little bit gracious and merciful. And they're like, no, 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 we won't kill him. We'll throw him in this well and let him die of starvation and thirst. So they're very gracious. And they're like, no, 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 that's, that's too harsh. Here's some Midianite um, traders coming. We'll sell him into slavery. And that's exactly what they do. So they want to kill him. No, we'll just let him die. No, we'll sell him into slavery and we'll get some money out of it. Well, Joseph is taken by these Midianite traders and he's taken down to Egypt. So he's in kind of modern day Palestine. They go south and he ends up in, in Egypt and he's sold to a guy who's um, a lead official in the Egyptian government. And 
what happens uh, with Joseph is he's forced to shift. He has a choice. He can just say, my life is over, I'm done, and he gives up and he dies. And, and sometimes that happens. Or he could be vengeful and just, you know, like most movies, good movies, I'm going to look for a way to get revenge. And then you just see violence being used against violence, being used against violence. And it makes for good movies. It ruins life and existence as we know it. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. But that's for another Sunday. He's in Potiphar's house, and we're told that God is with Joseph. And Joseph uh, rises in favor with Potiphar, this Egyptian official, and he's in charge of all of his household. And then he's betrayed by Potiphar's wife, who accuses him of trying to rape her. And you can read the drama uh, in this story, and Joseph ends up in jail. So he's, you know, first you know, great family, then he's sold into slavery, then he rises up, he's forced to shift and he rises up, and then he's betrayed and he's put into prison. And not prison like we would think of today, very different, much more harsh. And Joseph eventually rises through the prison system so that he's put in charge of the prison to take care of the people in there. And there's some, there's some cultural disconnect and stuff that you can read about and learn about all of that. But Again, Joseph is forced to shift when what was or should have been isn't shift, and he chooses to shift well. Last week, we used the example of Abram not shifting well, and you can go back if you missed that and listen to that story. This week, Joseph is choosing to shift well, and eventually, while he's in prison, he's able to help some other people um, and tells them about how they're going to get out of prison, and that comes true. And then eventually the Pharaoh hears about it. And the Pharaoh, who's the emperor, the king of Egypt, uh, eventually calls on Joseph. And that leads us to Joseph being put in charge of the whole, the whole country to prepare for coming famine. And, and that's this idea of Joseph reading the signs well. So the story is that Pharaoh had some dreams and nobody could interpret the dreams. And so he ends up calling on Joseph. And interestingly, Joseph says... God is the one who's given me the ability to do this. So he just keeps everything directed to God. But then in his wisdom, after he interprets the dreams for Pharaoh, which is essentially saying there's going to be seven bad years or great years of harvest, and you're in a subsistence culture, so seven years of, of wonderful harvest, we need to be wise and prepare for the seven years that will follow that, which will be terrible years of extreme famine, which is what we read about. And Joseph, in his ability to shift well, makes himself available to be used by God. And in his willingness to be available to be used by God, an entire group of people are, are saved. And wouldn't we all love that to be our story? And it may or may not be true for you, but the idea of what we're looking at today is this willingness to shift even when we don't have a choice when the circumstances are beyond our control, when we don't like what's happening and we can't change it, we have a choice like Joseph. I can, I can walk into this and trust God and do what I can to make a difference, or I could just be, be reluctant and I can become bitter and I can become resentful and critical of everything around me. And I'm grateful that Joseph chose to embrace the risk. He chose to make the shift. And I think there's this wonderful example for us uh, as we think about our new normal. And we've talked a lot about this in our circles at New Life, about creating a new normal. 
in some ways, uh, it's that we don't even want to go back to what was because this is an opportunity, I think, that God is using for us to rethink who we are and what it means to be the church. And the church isn't just about being able to gather. And I say that knowing that we are all longing to see one another again. That is natural and normal and beautiful. And that's something that we do really well as a community as we gather. But about being in our community and being the church in our community every day of the week is where I think God is just challenging us to be willing to shift and to adapt and to change. And Joseph made himself available to be used by God that way. And um, I have always been encouraged by people who are willing to say to God, I'm available. And they, they, they make the outworking of their faith a priority in their life. We want to uh, have you watch a video here in a moment of another uh, New Life person who's chosen to make themselves available to God. And, and I want to set this up a little bit because uh, most of you know me, you don't know my family very well, and I don't talk about my family much when, I am, when we're public like this, and, and that's just kind of on purpose. Um, whether you like that or not, that's something that we've chosen to do as a family. Um, but today I'm going to introduce you to my son, Daniel. And uh, I love all of my children, and I'm supposed to say that on camera, right? And uh, I know they're watching, so I'll get, uh, I'll get spoken to about this uh, later today. But I love all of my children, and when I was thinking about this Sunday, I particularly thought about Daniel and uh, his willingness to make himself available to be used by God in ways that he's able to do at his age. So I'm going to let him share the rest of the story right now. And uh, here's Daniel's story. Uh, I started helping out with the little kids. Uh, I can't remember what age group it was, but I just kind of sat in there and helped keep the kids under control. Then I got moved to junior high, which it's, was, it's been a lot of fun doing that. Uh, the kids are really crazy and I can feel like a kid running around, whipping the dodgeballs at them. I think one thing was it, well, one, I didn't have much going on at the time of doing that. And two, I just, helping out like seemed like the right thing to do. And it was a good idea to just kind of start helping out at the church and being able to volunteer when other people couldn't and just being there to help. And your dad didn't make you? No. true it was the first day I had the interview to start working at Freshco I told him that I wasn't able to work Wednesdays or Sundays because Wednesdays were when we helped out with the youth 
and Sundays was when church was on, so it was more of like a day that I didn't want to work. But uh, Dennis was, he understood it wasn't like he was discriminating against religion or anything like that. Jennifer and Mark Robinson at certain times when we were doing Alpha would tell me that uh, if I wasn't there that the junior high really missed having me around and that I was a very big help with just hanging out with the junior high and keeping them occupied and just being there and hanging out with them and like because most of the time the junior high like nobody really helped because they're too crazy and hyper. I had fun with them. Um, I think it's brought me closer to, in the sense of being closer to Jesus and God, because it, I don't know why, it's just made me feel closer, I guess in the sense because Jesus, like, would help anybody he could, and volunteering is helping out at the church, and it's making me feel, like, closer to Jesus, I guess. I don't really know how to explain it properly, but that's what I think. At, at first, it might seem like it's asking a lot or like a great deal to be done. Once you get doing it, it, it feels like secondhand. It's not actually that big of a job. You just have to hang out with the kids and just make sure they're not doing anything bad, keep them in line, but also have fun. The majority of Doing that stuff is just having fun. Um, I, it's a bit of a tricky situation because I'll be going to college, so I don't know how much like free time I'll have in between classes. I mean, I'm sure I'll have enough, but if I do, decide to start volunteering, I'd probably see if I could continue to help out with the junior high, because I've had a really good time with the junior high. Uh, outside, of, outside of the church, I can't really think of anywhere yet. Thank you, Daniel, and um, it was so fun uh, doing that interview uh, with Daniel this week. And Daniel, you might be watching right now. And, uh, and I just want you to know that I'm so proud of you uh, as your dad. And um, I'm proud of all of my children in the way that they are um, just learning what it means to follow Jesus. But particularly Daniel, as we were uh, thinking about that today. And, uh, and I hope that's an encouragement for you. Here's this young 18-year-old kid, you know, for the past several years, uh, who without, you know, being cajoled by his parents,
parents just went to work and said, I want to make myself available to, to work with these junior highs. And most people don't want to work with junior high kids. And yet he's saying, hey, I, I want to work with them. And, uh, and it's just been so encouraging to watch. So thank you for making yourself available, Dan. So here's the thing. Shifting well is a mark of loving others the way Jesus loved us. And when we embrace um, these times when we have to make a shift or when we choose to make a shift so that we are able to be better positioned to, uh, to make a difference in this world of, of bringing people to Jesus and into his kingdom and experiencing God's shalom for our communities, that is always a beautiful thing. And it is a sign of our willingness to love others like Jesus loved us. And he loved us to the point of sacrificing for us and going the distance for us. And I think Daniel is this wonderful example of someone who's willing to do that, just like Joseph was willing to em embrace the risk and make the shift. Uh, Daniel's been doing the very same thing. And so how are you going to do this in your life? You know, part of the story, what we read from the end of chapter 41 in Genesis, is that Joseph saw the signs and he, he was willing to embrace that shift. And the signs were these dreams from Pharaoh. And yet, um, I don't think that today is without signs. And so as a leadership, you know, we've been paying attention to what's been going on and saying, we're going to make some adjustments because of what we see happening in our world today. As an individual, uh, I encourage you, read the signs in your life. Slow down enough to become self-aware and pay attention to what's happening in your life. Because there might be some relationships that are going to go off the edge of the cliff if you don't make some adjustments. There might be some uh, job implications that are at play. There might be some, uh, some financial implications for you if you don't stop and pay attention to the signs and then shift as you need to. As a family, as a, as a family of believers uh, here at New Life, we are embracing some of these signs we see. One of them is the mental health wave that is coming. And we are putting some things into place to train up some people to offer support groups for those struggling with mental health, with anxiety or depression or other mental health related issues. And that's gonna be happening through the autumn. We are now offering a Sunday service and a Tuesday night service because we think that that's gonna be something that's needed. We might be wrong. Daniel was very convinced. He said to Pharaoh, this will happen in chapter 41, verse 28. I can't speak with that kind of authority uh, and that kind of uh, confidence. But as a leadership team, we've been watching and so we're making some of these adjustments to prepare accordingly. Um, and I want to ask you, how are you going to shift? Just as you listen to this morning, Joseph's story, as you listen to Daniel's story, how will you make the shift with us? So here's where the polls come in. So I'm going to invite you to, to uh, I'm going to use my computer here to make sure that they're active and working. Uh, if you would get out your phone and text the number 37607. And that's the number you're dialing or texting to. And then in the body of the email or the body of the text message, type NLC 936 and hit send. And then that will let you into the polls. And we're going to do three different polls. And each one uh, will give you some time to vote. You won't have to keep re-entering the NLC 936. You just have to do that once. I'll activate this first poll. And it is simply asking the question, when we regather in September, do you plan to be with us in person or will you be watching online? And it is very much like the survey that we've asked you to fill out. If you haven't filled out the survey, 
The link to it is in the description of the video here this morning. Please click on that and fill in the survey. Uh, it helps us to prepare for what is coming. So, and we will put the results up here so you can see you are representing all of New Life this morning, however many there are of you that are watching live, and this will stay open for, uh, for the week. So if you are watching this later in the week, you can also go on and do the polls and, uh, and just participate in them, and then we will be able to uh, get a good, good handle on that and on uh, filling in the survey will help us prepare accordingly. And then we can invite you to prepare with us. So the first question here is, yeah, come September, I'm going to be there in person or I'm going to just continue watching online. And either one is fine because we are making sure that we provide a good broadcast on Sunday morning if you're not able to be with us. And we are going to do everything we can to make sure that, um, that that's something that we try to do well. And we know that uh, we are growing and learning and how to do that. And we'll continue to uh, improve in how we do that and see how this is going to play out. We're not expecting a huge influx of people, but it would be wonderful if that was going to happen. Uh, as you can see right now, um, we are hitting about 33% that are going to be here in person and 67% that are going to be online. So this is stuff that, you know, we're just watching this together right now. So if you are representative of uh, where we are at as a congregation, then this will be invaluable for us as we think about how are we going to minister to people and serve people. And so attending online doesn't make you less a part of this family of believers and of Jesus followers. It just means that you will be adjusting how you are part of this family. And we will be adjusting how we inspire you, motivate you, care for you, and how we um, get into our community to continue making the difference that we want to. So this is pretty good. We are about 30-70, and it'll continue to adjust a little bit, but I think that that's a really good representation uh, of this first poll. So as you continue to watch that, I'm going to just bring up the next question. So about 30% of you are planning on joining us in person and 70% staying online. So those of you who are going to join us in person, here's what we'd like to know. Are you going to join us on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock as per usual, where we are going to offer some children's programming? It is going to be different, but we are going to try to offer that. Or will you join us on Tuesday evening? In the survey, some of you have said yes to both. I'm going to be there on Sunday and I want to be there on Tuesday. What we would really appreciate is if you could maybe choose, this is my main service, um, so that we can kind of plan well for who's going to be there. Part of this is making sure that we're not uh, having too many people in one service and not many in the other. So we'll just see how that's going to play out. Sunday morning will be as close as we can get it to what you are used to. Tuesday night will be very different. It will be much more interactive. Same content in the teaching, but much more interactive, probably around tables and, uh, and may even be more integration where we might actually try to, to work out um, together how we're going to do things in response to what we're learning together. So. Uh, and as we're doing this, I'm seeing that the majority of you are planning on Sunday morning. And uh, there are some of you that are thinking Tuesday night would be best. So this is really helpful for us to see uh, how this is playing out. 
So there's a lot of us for Sunday morning, uh, 82% and then 18% that are thinking about Tuesday night. And we'll figure out what that's going to look like in numbers, but that is really helpful. So we're going to do one more. And that is, I intend to help serve in uh, where the, the need is greatest. And so whether you are watching online and you're just gonna, that's going to be part of it, or whether you're going to be here in person, what we want to know is, you know, are you going to continue to serve as you have been? Are you willing to step up and say, hey, I'm available to help where it's needed? And we've got new areas like our, our tech ministry, so you need some technical acumen willing to learn and, and will teach you. But there's a lot more with that, particularly because so many people want to continue watching online. We want to make sure we've got a good team of people to produce good content and continue serving people that way. Or maybe you can't do much more at this time, and that's okay because we understand that uh, life can be manic and crazy. Or it might be that you're willing to say, hey, I can help, but it just depends on what it is. And, uh, and that might be a case-by-case -case thing. So um, just want to give you opportunity to respond that way. And it's all encouraging. Like, I love seeing this stuff and uh, how this is going to play out. So when I see that many people saying, yeah, I'm going to help wherever needed, then that's wonderful opportunity for me to call you or someone else to call you and say, great, here's where we have some needs. And I'm always appreciative of those of you when you get a phone call from me and I know my name shows up on the screen on your phone and you still answer it, even though you know it's me and you know I'm going to ask you something probably. So I feel loved when you do that. So thanks for being willing to do that. Um, these are great, 67% yes, 8% uh, no, I can't do any more at this time, and that's totally fine, and then 25% saying, yeah, depending on what's needed, I can help out, and uh, that's really encouraging. So thank you for the way that you are just responding, and uh, we just get this sense that for most of you, you are willing to embrace the shift, and... Um, and we are doing everything we can to let the Spirit guide us into what we should be doing. And we're staying very open to that and very open to hearing from you because we think God speaks through the family as much as just through any one person or anything like that. And uh, we may not get it right every time, but, um, but we're quite, uh, quite pleased with, with this general sense of having some confidence in where we're going and what we're going to be doing. And I trust that you will be as well. So I want to bring us back to this idea that shifting well is a mark of loving others the way Christ loved us. And, uh, you know, early on we had said the most vulnerable people need to be protected, and that's how we love our neighbors ourselves. When we're willing to embrace discomfort, when we're willing to um, take risks, when we are willing to even try something and fail, because we, we want people to be ministered to, we want them to experience God's love, we want them to know Jesus. That is a sign of loving others the way that Christ has loved us. And I want to say thank you. I think God is, is going to use us in this time. He's refining us, he's shaping us, and I think he's doing it for you as an individual. There are some changes in your life that, um, that he's calling you to make. And uh, he's asking you to say no to some of the things that have been a part of your life, that have been keeping you from being available, that have been keeping you from having the relationships that you want. And you're saying yes to him, and you're saying yes to his leading. And that is so amazing, because when we do that, God continues to bring about the changes that we're actually looking for.
So I hope that you're encouraged by, by these uh, live results and, uh, and I hope that you're encouraged by the fact that you're part of a family that wants people to know the love of God in a very real, practical, and tangible way. And we are going to work towards that end together. So until next Sunday, as we look at uh, the next character and this idea of how we learn about shifting, I wish you uh, an amazing week of just being able to say yes to the opportunities that God brings before you. And I invite you to come tonight, uh, rain or shine, we're going to have this baptism. And uh, it should be an interesting day, and especially if it's uh, really pouring out. But hey, some of us are going to get wet anyway. So uh, we look forward. It's 5 o'clock tonight. And uh, please fill in the survey if you haven't done so. Until then, God bless, and we'll see you next Sunday.